Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the financial and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, AAEP President Dr. Emma Reed is going to talk to us about how the AAP is transforming equine practice. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Dr. Reed, DVM, MVSC, DACVS, is the Associate Dean for Professional Programs and a professor at The Ohio State University. Her research interests center around veterinary education, including clinical skills, teaching, learning, and assessment, workplace-based assessment, as well as curriculum design and implementation. She's the current AAEP president, and she has taught in academia, practiced in private practice, and now is an administrator. So she's worn a lot of hats in the equine veterinary industry. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Reed. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm going to start with a few quotes from your colleague, AAP board member, Dr. Amy Grice, and she is also the treasurer of the AAP. And she said these things in a roundtable that was sponsored by Care Credit for equine veterinarians. And this was her first quote about equine veterinarian. It starts to feel for people like they're sacrificing their life on the altar of veterinary medicine. They see their friends or people outside of veterinary medicine having a normal life. It doesn't look like that. And they feel trapped in this thing that they love, but that's eating them alive. And she also said that veterinarians will continue voting with their feet and not come into equine practice. But under all of this, she said, we have the capability to have a positive future. We just have to create new paradigms in equine practice. And Dr. Reed, under your leadership at the AEP, they are striving toward that positive future. And one way they're doing that is with AAP's effort to transform equine practice. So can you just tell us what is the AAP working on? Yeah, so the AAP had, it started really last year um, when the AAP had a retention task force that was formed to take a look at the issue of recruiting and retaining uh, young veterinarians and actually veterinarians of all age in equine practice. And so that task force um, was formed to take a look at that and they interviewed students, new graduates and practice owners and talked to them about the pain points in the profession Uh, what was currently happening, and learn more about the situation. And their findings um, were very eye-opening and boiled down to the fact that, yes, indeed, we do actually have a recruitment and a retention issue within equine veterinary profession. And uh, they came up with a number of pain points that were very important for us to look at and think about. So... Fast forward to very recently, and the AEP is now establishing a commission, which is overseeing five different task forces that have been formed in order to take a look at some very important things. And so really that commission is taking a look at things like emergency coverage. You know, how do we provide emergency coverage as veterinarians, but as Dr. Grice said, not sacrifice your life and yourself personally and professionally on the altar of veterinary medicine. Compensation. We want to take a look at 
how are veterinarians financially compensated? You know, what it, what what is fair uh, to compensate new graduates and interns and associates in the profession? How how do we compensate people for the expertise and the knowledge they have, um, but also recognize in some cases that they are they are still training. You know, when we look at our small animal profession colleagues, they make a good deal more in terms of compensation and offer often for many fewer hours than equine practitioners are working. And I don't know that we will ever make that completely equal per se, but we need to close that gap quite a bit further or we will continue to lose, especially uh, students and new graduates considering whether to join the profession, we will continue to lose them over to the companion animal side. Um, we also have a, a task force that is looking at internships specifically. AEP has the Avenues program, um, which works on internships. And that Avenues program, it's been a while since that program has been overhauled. And there are a number of things uh, about internships that we could probably strengthen, make a little more rigorous, put some more guidance around that would be helpful to both the practices and to our new graduates. We also want to take a look at the culture of equine practice. There's a number of things about equine practice where people that go into it are often fiercely independent, um, definitely hard workers, a uh, number of things that are, are very much their strength, but also probably their greatest weakness in that it makes it hard to ask for help. It makes it hard sometimes to collaborate and work with other people, um, a number of other things. So we want to take a look at the culture of equine practice and say, are there things that we do in equine practice because it's just the way it's always been done and maybe not necessarily the most efficient. So for example, um, being out on the road, driving an hour to an appointment in order to vaccinate a few horses then getting back in your truck and driving an hour to the next appointment. You know, that's the way things have always been done, but are maybe not the most efficient and sometimes lead to some of the other issues that veterinarians face in terms of lifestyle. Um, and the last, the last task force we want to sort of take a look at is, is students specifically. So what are we doing in terms of programming for veterinary students? What are we doing in terms of actually providing positive messaging to our young colleagues and saying, this is an excellent profession. This is a great choice as a career. And this is how you can get involved, stay involved and join us. Um, and so we really want to take the time to really focus on what message are we giving our young people? And that message is coming not just from AEP, but from practitioners that are out in the field. What are they saying about the profession to our young colleagues from the schools, from academia? What are we saying to students when we are encouraging them to take a look at all the opportunities that they have as they are graduating a veterinary college?
The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. We talked a little about why created, but any about its students, associates, and practice owners. Can you maybe talk about why it's so necessary to have all three groups involved in order to make our career more successful? Yeah, so what we know is that um, when we're looking at students at the front end of veterinary school coming into the program, you know, we have sort of just over 30 Five, 37% or so that say they want to go into equine practice. And then over the course of the program, we see that number start to drop off. And by the time students are leaving equine or leaving veterinary school, sorry, we know that about one and a half percent or so are entering directly into equine practice. And a few more are going into internships. And overall, that that amounts to about 5%, you know, maybe up to 6% at the most of all the students across the U.S. in veterinary school each year going into equine. So we know that that number is really dwindling. It's quite small. And the challenge is that, you know, we need to understand why is that choice being made by veterinary students during school. So that's one group. We have to talk to the students. Then we know that that once we get those students going out into practice, that within the first five years, 50% of them leave. And so the next group to really focus on is that new graduate group. We really have to understand why are they leaving what is happening in the profession where they are not staying um, and they are, they are not part of the long-term picture? And then finally, we also have to include practice owners because practice owners are definitely feeling some pain points out there. And particularly right now, where practice owners are not able to hire interns, they're not high, able to hire new graduates or associates, in some cases, we have practitioners up to 40% of AEP members are solo practitioners. And some of those solo practitioners would like to hire another associate, but are unable to. Um, and so we really need to understand from their perspective, what are the limitations? What are the struggles and the issues that they are facing? And also, what experiences have they been through in the hiring process? that would provide some insight into where the pain points are. Does my harsh good here be, be as usual, taking a leadership role and trying to change the paradigm of what equine veterinary medicine look like? But that's not going to come quickly. Correct. <laughs> I know that the AAP has been working for several years. They, In fact, they had the last couple of years have had things at the convention when we went back to live meetings and have things planned this year for students, new grads, um, practice owners. So talk a little bit about, I mean, this is ongoing. There are actions being put in place now. 
Yes, very true. So last year in particular at the convention, um, when we got back to live programming, one of the things we really wanted to do was raise the awareness of the, the critical point that we're at in the profession. This has been a problem um, in our equine veterinary profession for quite a while now. We've seen the numbers, you know, of new graduates coming into the profession declining. We've seen the number of them leaving, staying the same, or perhaps even increasing a little, despite some efforts um, in programming and, and mentorship and some other things. And so one of the things that that we did last year was we wanted to raise that awareness across the entire organization for AEP and say, we now have people that cannot hire somebody, that cannot retain somebody in their practice. We have members now that are, um, you know, experiencing a very increased caseload, particularly during the pandemic. And, uh, and now, because of the fact that they can't hire and retain somebody, now are struggling with a huge overload, and it is affecting them mentally, physically, and making it difficult for them to stay in the profession. So we are really at a crisis point. And, and so one of the things that happened at last year's convention was we had a panel where we had several individuals who had left equine veterinary profession. And they were brave enough to share their personal stories and explain where the hardships were for them and, and how that came about. And I think that was very um, eye-opening for a number of members. This year at the convention, one of the things we want to focus on is, okay, we formed a task force. We, we know where the pain points are. Now, what are the solutions? What is this commission? What are we trying to put in place to make change? And raising people's awareness about that and how they can get involved. When we put out a recent call for the commission and its formation, within uh, a week and a little bit, we had almost, uh, we had 80 practitioners, you know, phone and say, I want to be on this, this task force. I want to be on these task forces and this commission plug me in. I want to get involved. Um, so for people to just volunteer straight out of the gate like that is uh, shows there's a lot of interest and a lot of enthusiasm for trying to, to fix this. But what we want to do at this year's convention is talk about the things we're doing and show people what the strategy is long term and where they can plug in and get involved. At next year's convention, as the board and officers, we just had a meeting in uh, Lexington the last couple of days, and we were talking about by next year's convention, we want to be able to have some solutions that people are trying in their practices. And we want to show the things that are working and show how they can be scaled up and used across a number of different practices. So this isn't just about changing one practice. This is about finding solutions that work for all of us, but recognizing that what works in every individual practice is gonna be a little bit different and has to be tailor-made to fit that individual operation. And the AP is also 
going to be working with horse owners because I know horse owners recognize there's a shortage of veterinarians. There is a longer wait time to try to get services done if you can find someone to do services. So they're looking at horse owner education and outreach as well. Yes, we sure are. Um, at the moment, we have not formed a specific um, task force under the commission, but we actually did talk about that at our board meeting that perhaps we should be adding that to the list. Um, I have recently drafted some th- a communication basically to horse owners that I would like to uh, to put out there. And, and one of the messages we want to get across to horse owners is that many of the things that we have done in the past are kind of guided by um, tradition. It's the way things have always been. It's the way we have always operated. But some of those those things are just not as sustainable in our modern world, and particularly with the increased demands on veterinarians' time. And so we want to get across to horse owners that you can be part of the solution. You can help us. You can help retain equine veterinarians in the profession but and it and it starts by doing what are probably little things um, but they can have a huge impact so things like really honoring your veterinarian's um, personal time so if you call them to find out if the practice is open that day try not to call them at four in the morning to ask that question (laughs) You know, call them for an emergency when it's truly an emergency. Uh, when the veterinarian comes out to your farm, have your horse caught up in the barn ready for treatment. You know, when you, uh, when you call somebody for an emergency, call the same practice that does your routine work, right? Don't just call a veterinarian for emergencies, but then never use them for any of the routine work. Welcome a young veterinarian into your your fold. So if your veterinarian manages, is lucky enough to recruit a new young veterinarian, that person is someone that they want to grow into a colleague that they can work alongside to make their life better, to make their practice more successful and maybe even eventually to take that practice over. As a horse owner, you play a really important part in welcoming that young veterinarian and trusting them. Your veterinarian has worked really hard to recruit that person, and you need to help form a supportive environment for that person's early career growth. Haul your horse in if it's possible to do that. You know, haul your horse into a central location. Veterinarians often spend a lot of time on the the road and driving an hour between calls sometimes. It's not the most efficient way. When we compare what a small animal practitioner does, and they can see a case every 10 or 15 minutes in small animal practice, and you look at, at how that is not so efficient in equine, that makes it a big difference in what we're able to compensate new graduates that join us and how successful business opportunities are in equine profession. Um, so lots of things like that, little things, right? 
acknowledging your veterinarian, a smile, a thank you. When I was in practice, I always had a um, a client who used to give me a cold diet Pepsi at the end of every call when I was on my way. And that little thing was something I so appreciated when I went to that farm. Um, so it's the little things that go a long way. And I'm sure that everything you just said that the AP would like to help horse owners understand and become more proactive at all the all the veterinarians that are out driving their trucks or their SUVs right now are just nodding their heads. Yes, it look, probably look like a bobblehead going. Yes, 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 yes. So <laughs> that will resonate with all of all they. But speaking of AP members, how can they become involved? So. <clears throat> The commission is just setting up these task forces. You've already said there probably will be even another one on horse owners. So how can veterinarians become more involved with the, what the commission is trying and the AP is trying to accomplish in the industry? So some of them have called the AP office, emailed David Foley, the executive director, emailed myself. What we've been telling them is Fill out your volunteer interest form. As an AEP member, there is a volunteer interest form that you can fill out and tell us specifically that you want to be part of this um, part of this opportunity. So we're setting up this commission. Some of the task forces already exist, and are, we're moving them under the umbrella of the commission. Some of the task forces have yet to be set up and we're starting to populate those right now. There are going to be other things to do besides working on the commission. One of the things that we would like to do is establish a speakers bureau of really keen practitioners who can tell veterinarians, young veterinarians, students at vet school, what are the great things about this profession and why you should consider being in it and, and how much it has given them and how I tell young people about what it can give back. And so that Speakers Bureau is something that we'll be trying to set up all across the country. So we'll be looking for people that want to help with that student programming, young people, young associates, you know, providing them with mentorship. We'll be looking for people that are willing to be part of mentorship opportunities. You mentioned Dr. Grice. She has a fabulous Decade One program, right? That she has formed these peer groups of practitioners, young practitioners that are supporting one another. Some of those, those practitioners, those practice owners would benefit greatly from hearing some of the business experience and wisdom of older members who've been in the profession for a while. So we're looking for people to just get involved in this and look for opportunities and ways that they can participate. Just last point, we, we talk about the things that AEP is doing to fix this problem. And honestly, the real truth is that AAP is not going to fix this problem. Equine practitioners out in the field are the ones that are going to fix this problem. It's going to take everybody in the profession pitching in to help, but ultimately the solution to this issue is gonna have to come from all of us figuring out what part we can play and then doing that part. 
And, and so this is going to be a huge collective effort. And yes, AEP can start it and AEP can lead it. And we can rely on great partners like you to help us, you know, have a platform to get that message out. But the solutions are going to have to come in each individual practice and with the individuals themselves. That's where the real change is going to happen. It's not going to happen at the organizational level. It's going to happen in each individual practice across the country. And that is such a great point. I mean, it's it's nice to have the first snowball that gets rolled up and packed real nicely and started downhill. But it's going to be up to the industry and each individual practice to decide if they are going to add their flakes of snow and, and what their snowball will look like as as the future of veterinary medicine is really on the line. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And right now when we lose young practitioners, you know, we are losing them to small animal practice in many uh, cases because they can make more money, work fewer days a week, have no on call, have a different lifestyle. So the reality is that we're often losing veterinarians to small animal practice, but also within small animal practice, we're seeing a, a migration of young people in the industry often to more emergency type practice, where again, compensation is maybe a little higher, the lifestyle is a little more structured. And so, you know, this is, we talk about this being an equine problem. We see the same in, in food animal practice. We see the same thing as also somewhat happening in small animal practice. It just looks a little different. We're also having issues with veterinary technician retention and recruitment, and also the same for veterinary assistants. And so this is actually a profession-wide issue, um, but I think it's being felt most acutely at the moment in equine practice. And I, I believe from what I'm understanding, talking to my friends who are at veterinary teaching schools, that there is even a problem finding staff for the veterinary colleges now because there's such a demand for this in practice that they're being used to be that you would be recruited into a college and now they're being recruited out of the college. Yes, that is very true. And also um, we are seeing challenges in recruiting and retaining faculty. Um, so uh, the American Association of Veterinary Medical Colleges recently put out a statement about the challenges of staffing veterinary colleges and, um, and issues that are happening there as well. So yeah, this truly is a profession-wide um, issue. But the decline in people that have been willing to come to equine practice and stay in equine practice is something that has truly been happening over quite a while now. Um, but the fact that we now have practices that can't find interns, that can't hire associates, um, we really have reached that, that crisis point. And is there anything else that you would like to add, Dr. Reed, especially as, as you're working with the ADP Commission and you're dealing with students? I mean, you're in a, a very interesting position there. Like you said, you've worn a lot of hats. You've been in practice. 
you've been a professor, you have now working in academia as a leader. So how, how do you see things moving forward? And is there anything else you'd like to add? I guess the one thing I would say um, that I think I, I raised in an article I wrote in equine veterinary education early on this year, I think wearing a lot of hats in the profession, sometimes I hear people in practice say, you know, this is a problem that was created by the vet schools because the vet schools aren't giving enough positive messaging to the veterinary students um, and sending them out into equine practice. And then the students will tell me that they went out and they did a ride along in equine practice and they'll come back to the college and they'll say, the guy never takes a break. We hardly ever stopped to take a rest break. I never saw him eat lunch. <laughs> we started at the crack of dawn and we went to the very end of the evening you know, and and sometimes he wasn't that positive about his experience out in practice. And so then, you know, schools are looking at the practitioners saying, well, when students come out, they don't experience a very positive experience with you. And so, you know, then you're not helping recruit students into the profession. And so everybody's kind of pointing a finger at everybody. And the, and the truth is, the pain points are everywhere in the profession right now. And instead of us looking at each other and blaming each other for what's going on, we need to stop doing that. And we need to start saying, what can I do to fix this? In my own little part of equine industry, what is it that I can do? What can I change about the message that I give to young people? about the enthusiasm that I have for my profession. How can I relay that? How can I provide mentorship and guidance to people that are joining into the profession? How can I help my colleagues and friends when they're experiencing difficulty in their practice? So everybody needs to just think about what they do every day and where they are and how they can make a difference. And that's what's going to change this. That's what's going to lift this profession up. I can't think of anything else that we could say or that you could say that would be a better message to close on. So thank you, Dr. Reed. I really appreciate not only you joining me today, but your leadership and bringing your experiences in from all these different angles to try and make the profession better. Thank you very much. And I appreciate this opportunity very much to share our message out and invite others to join us. So thanks very much. And we will be putting some links on the article on equimanagement.com that Dr. Reed had talked about. And we'll also include an infographic that the AEP has created for horse owners. So it's something your practice could use when they're trying to educate horse owners about, you know, in a, in a fun and friendly way about be nicer to me, I'm busy, you know, vets, and but in a good way. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we invite you to go back and listen to all the episodes of The Business of Practice. You can find them on your favorite podcast network, or you can find them on equimanagement.com. And if you have any questions or suggestions, you can send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter K Brown 
at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. 